Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday and welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today is the 29th of August, 2023. And in this episode, we will talk about the economic data released today. And I will also summarize and explain the entire trading day for you. I will also give you a conservative calculation of the potential longer term 10 year nominal yield. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about how markets are in a pullback pattern at the moment, waiting for the crucial economic data that will be released this week. On Friday, we will get the jobs report for August. On Wednesday, we will get US GDP, wholesale inventories and pending home sales. While on Thursday, very important day, we will get data about US personal spending and income in addition to another round of weekly jobless claims will be released. We will also get the PCE data, personal consumption expenditure inflation data, which is a very important data point for the Federal Reserve. JOLTS data was released today. US job openings fell by more than expected to 8.83 million, which is the lowest level since 2021, according to Bloomberg. This is certainly another piece of evidence that the labor market is indeed starting to cool. If you look at non-farm payrolls, they have been coming down for a while. And while wage growth is still not in line with 2% inflation, it is coming down as well. But we still have some ground to cover. As long as the labor market remains tight and the economy continues to grow above trend, the Fed will keep interest rates elevated. During his most recent speech in Jackson Hole, Federal Reserve President Jay Powell said in order for inflation to fall to 2%, we need to see a period of below-trend growth and a moderation in labor market conditions. Another piece of data showed that consumer confidence dropped due to deteriorating views on jobs, higher borrowing costs, and inflation. Both data points caused Treasury yields to decline, which supported stocks. Jeffrey Roach, chief economist at LPL Financial, said to Bloomberg today, quote, the Fed can most likely keep rates unchanged in September. Investors should expect a softening labor labor report this Friday, further cementing the thesis that the Fed is getting close to finishing the tightening cycle, end of quote. Ronald Temple Chief market strategist at Lazard said to Bloomberg that, quote, today's JOLTS report was an answer to the Fed's prayers offering more evidence of a cooling economy, end of quote. However, there are still risks. If the PCE inflation data is bad and the jobs report indicate that the labor market continues to be very tight, then the Fed might hike rates again. One must remember that the bar is very high for the Fed to hike in September, In my opinion, the Fed is reluctant to do so because it wants to further assess the economic data and the lagged effect of monetary policy. Hence, hot economic data and a bad inflation report would more likely increase the chance of a November rate hike by the Fed. If you look at Andrew Hollenhorst, he's the chief economist, chief U.S. economist at Citigroup. He believes that we will get another rate hike in November due to a potential reacceleration in inflation caused by above-trend growth and a labor market that continues to be very tight. 
Let us take a look at the forecast for other economic data that will be released this week. U.S. personal spending and income data will be released on Thursday. Personal spending is expected to have increased by three-tenths of a percent compared to 0.3% in the previous month. Personal spending is expected to have risen by 0.7% compared to plus 0.5% in the previous month. PCE data will also be very important. Personal consumption expenditure data will be released on Thursday. PCE headline is is expected to have increased by 0.2% month over month compared to 0.2% in the previous month. The year-over-year figure is expected to be plus 3.3%, which would be a slight increase compared to the 3% in the previous month. Core PCE month-over-month is expected to have risen by 4.2% year-over-year, compared to plus 4.1% in the previous month. Last but not least, we will get ISM manufacturing data, which is expected to have risen to 47 from 46.4 in July. All readings below 50 indicate a correct a contraction territory. Let us take a look at how the major U.S. equities and bonds performed today. The S&P 500 rose by 1.5%, the Nasdaq 100 up by 2.2%, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average up by 8 tenths of a percent. Stocks rose due to the indication that the labor market is slowing, which is required in order for the Fed to start cutting rates or um, in order for the Fed to be confident that inflation is on a sustainable downward trajectory. And falling treasury yields across the curve also supported equities. Let us take a look at the U.S. yield curve. The two-year yield declined 12 basis points to 4.894%. The 10-year yield, the benchmark 10-year, declined 9 basis points and fell to 4.12%. And the 30-year yield all the way out here in the curve declined 6 basis points to 4.226%. Before we finish today's trading day, I would like to give you a conservative calculation for the 10-year yield in the longer term. I am in the camp which believes that the yield curve can continue to steepen due to the strength of the U.S. economy and the outlook for interest rates to remain higher for longer. Let us assume that long-term inflation settles at 2.5%. Historically speaking, a real yield between 2 and 2.5% on the 10-year is normal, So, you know, for the sake of being conservative here, let us use a real yield of 1.5%. A real yield of 1.5% with inflation at 2.5%, simple math, already gives you a nominal yield at the front end of the curve of 4%. The term premium for the 10-year can be assumed to be 75 basis points when we add that to the 4% nominal yield, At the front end of the curve, we will get a 10-year nominal yield of 4.75%. This is higher than the current level, and if 4.75% is reached at some point, that will certainly cause volatility in the equity market. Given that Treasury yields are high across the curve and the Fed is still relatively far away from cutting interest rates, further volatility could be ahead, especially if we have a 10-year Treasury yield, nominal yield above 4% in a period of great macroeconomic uncertainty. If you're being rewarded to wait, if you get a 5% nominal return at the front end of the curve, which is basically, yeah, being rewarded to sort of, you know, wait out this period of macroeconomic uncertainty where we could start to see economic weakness due to the previous... uh, interest rate hikes or potential reacceleration of inflation, which would obviously cause bonds to lose value 
but um, the 5% return might actually outweigh the losses that could be caused by a potential reacceleration in inflation. My point is a 5% return at the front end of the curve, a risk-free return essentially is very high. And it simply makes investing in equities less attractive in this period of great macroeconomic uncertainty. That is it for today's stock market coverage. See you tomorrow.